The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning and welcome back to our Intro to Meditation series, Mindfulness Meditation. And um, thank you. And you know, I, I'm looking here at the, the names of people who are in the chat box and some of the names I recognize. And, and uh, thank you for being here. I saw Lisa Louise from Hawaii and hi. And, um, and Wendy from Sacramento. And some of the names that uh, I'm now f- starting, starting to get familiar with to me from, um, from um, you know, you coming here now for a number of days. So it's very nice and it's uh, heartwarming for me and to, that we're sharing this together and exploring this together at this time. So, um, so we are going to talk about, uh, continue with this topic of mindfulness and begin talking a little bit about mindfulness of emotions. It's, um, emotions are a very important part of human life. And uh, not only are they important, but they certainly warrant a fair amount of respect. And um, I love the word respect because uh, for a person doing vipassana, doing mindfulness practice, it kind of goes along, the word vipassana means to, uh, pasana means to see, and v means to see in a special way. Respect means to see, the spectacle part of it, and the re is to, uh, to, to again. So I think of it that respect means to take a second look, to look again. And um, that's one way of characterizing mindfulness practice, is that we don't just settle for the first glance, first impressions of what goes on, but uh, with mindfulness, we take a second look. We give it a m- more attention. We offer ourselves to really see what's happening here, what's going on. Some people like to emphasize that mindfulness, in certain circumstances, does involve a kind of a pause, maybe even a sacred pause, uh, where we, uh, we don't, we don't um, disconnect completely from what's going on, but the pause that allows us to see more clearly what is actually happening what's happening around us, but also what's happening within us. So that when we respond, respond, we're actually better informed. We kind of have a better picture of the full, full idea. So, so, um, so to um, um, the sacred pause. So for those of you who might be new to this, joining us now, I want to emphasize that uh, in doing mindfulness practice, we're using a very ordinary, everyday human capacity. Uh, The capacity to uh, uh, pay attention, capacity capacity to be aware. And we we use awareness all the time in our daily life. And uh, you're using your awareness uh, to listen to me as I speak. Uh, Most of the time, you know, there's some degree of awareness going on it's when we do something and we don't stay aware of what we're doing, we're lost in daydreams or something, that we end up making accidents or tripping or, or something goes awry. And uh, as people learn mindfulness, 
they learn that a heightened attention, heightened uh, development of this capacity to be attentive um, helps us to live a better life. We tend to be a safer life. There's, it tends to bring safety. Some people call it a refuge. It tends to bring uh, clarity, uh, greater self-understanding. It can also help bring a greater sense of ease in our lives. And so whereas using this kind of ordinary everyday activity uh, might seem boring, it might seem like not exciting and interesting, uh, it's actually um, uh, very, very helpful. And, you know, in my experience is that life actually gets more and more interesting and in a certain wonderful way, not exciting exactly, but it becomes a greater and greater adventure uh, to uh, live this life with a much more full attention to what's going on and how it's unfolding. And we start becoming aware of the layers of depth that exists in any given moment, any given exchange, involvement, activity we're doing. So developing this capacity, natural capacity of attention so it becomes strong enough that we can remain attentive, we can be attentive in a clear way of what's happening moment by moment. And to do that, it's a training. It's like a muscle that you have to work out and to keep doing it and it becomes stronger and stronger. Keep doing the mindfulness thing, keep the mindfulness muscle, that muscle not only gets stronger, but becomes more, with time, second nature. And we find ourselves more and more just naturally uh, present for our experience with a heightened, wonderfully heightened sense of awareness. Not heightened in terms of being on alert, but heightened in terms of uh, better, better take in the fullness of the situation and all the different aspects of it. So um, emotions are an important part of the experience and to become aware of our emotions makes us wiser, makes us safer, um, makes our, us be able to navigate the, the different ups and downs of the emotional life and, uh, and helps our emotional life um, to kind of come to fulfillment or come to some kind of, to, to move through us and to uh, allow them to uh, find their own way. I like to think of the word emotion coming from the Latin uh, meaning motion, movement, uh, and then e, uh, which means out in, as a prefix in Latin, that emotions are moving out, they're pr- which they're in movement. And when they are allowed to move, then most emotions move towards health, move towards homeostasis, move towards the growing of the beneficial qualities. It's when we uh, interfere with them, when we block them, when we ignore them, when we um, uh, uh, somehow try to manipulate them, or just, you know, we get too involved with them, that uh, it, emotions gets much more difficult. And this process of learning to free up our emotional life is part of the uh, movement of mindfulness. Now, not everything that we free up emotionally should be expressed in public and with all kinds of people, for sure. But um, meditation is a very special place where hopefully you sit and meditate and you're committed to being still and not moving for a period of time. And maybe you keep your eyes closed. In this context... It's one of the one of the few places that uh, some people have where they can allow their emotional life to uh, manifest, to bubble up, to really show itself, where it's okay to make space for it. So we're not trying to repress, we're not trying to deny, 
And there's no emotion in the context of meditation practice that we have to be concerned with is a good emotion or a bad emotion or feel shame that it's happening or feel pride that's happening. The idea is to just keep opening, keep opening in a way that doesn't fuel it, where we don't identify with it, we don't get caught in it, but in a sense we make space for it. And that's what I mean by this respecting. We want to respect all emotions so that some deeper process can uh, res- can unfold in our emotional life. It takes some uh, skill and some wisdom to learn how to be with the emotions in a good way and a useful way to do it in a mindful way. And so that'll be some of the things we're going to be talking about today. So I want to first uh, tell you a story from the time of the Buddha. Um, <clears throat> and as a, as a little teaching analogy or teaching little metaphor that the Buddha taught. He was sitting with a group of people and uh, talking and he said to them, if a person comes along with a bow and arrow, an archer comes along and, uh, and slings the arrow and shoots it at a person and it hits the person, is that going to hurt the person? And the people in the audience told the Buddha, oh yes, that'll hurt. And then the Buddha said, if that archer then comes along and takes a second arrow and with the second arrow let's wait a minute there's a lot of noise outside and there's a street cleaners happening here in Redwood City so then the Buddha said if a second uh, if the the archer uh, strikes a second arrow and hits the person then um, would that hurt the person even more? And the audience said, yes, if the person got struck by two arrows, a second arrow, that hurts more than just one arrow. So then the Buddha uh, used that analogy to say this, something like this, to paraphrase him, that um, the first arrow is what life does to you. And there's no guarantee that life doesn't throw you arrows. The second arrow is the one that you use yourself, that ones you strike yourself with. So what that means is that um, I could be walking down the sidewalk and trip on a, something on the sidewalk. And that's unfortunate, but these kinds of things, um, uh, these kinds of things will happen to human beings. That uh, They have a little accidents, they trip and they fall. And, um, and so I could uh, then get up and, and I could now be angry with myself because I'm a bad walker, I'm not a very good walker. Or since I'm a mindfulness teacher, I might say, oh, you know, this is embarrassing, you're a a disgrace to the world of mindfulness, that you weren't paying enough attention to notice the crack in the sidewalk, and you're really not, maybe you're not really up to being a teacher, and certainly don't want to admit it to everyone who's around the world seeing this. And and I could bury myself in self-reproach and self-criticism around the fact that I you know, tripped on the sidewalk. Or I could trip on the sidewalk and then pick myself up and make sure I wasn't injured and and uh, remind myself in the future to be careful with that part of the sidewalk and just keep walking along uh, without shooting second and third and fourth arrows into me. So life as we live it, all kinds of things happen. Some of them are unfortunate, some of them are painful and and uh, cause difficulty and challenges. And then there's the second arrow, 
that uh, uh, we're responsible for. Um, not all the arrows are we responsible for, but the ones that we can do something about are the ones that we shoot. And so the idea is to experience things without the reproach, without the criticism, without the anger, without the clinging down, or just to experience the first arrow and let it be. For some people, um, it isn't just one arrow they shoot. Um, something happens, they trip on the sidewalk, they criticize themselves for being a you know, poor walker, they are, that's a second arrow. Then they think about all the people who might have seen them and now they're embarrassed. That's maybe the third arrow. And then they tell themselves that, um, you know, I really need to, um, you know, I really need to go get, you know, go get therapy to learn how to be a better walker. But I can't afford therapy because my parents didn't raise me properly and uh, I never get any kind of advantages I'm always taken advantage of and my life is so hard. All those things might be true. I don't want to diminish anyone's life. But to keep slinging those arrows at oneself um, is uh, debilitating. And to have some clarity, oh, that's that's a second, third, fourth, fifth arrow, is not to then shoot a sixth arrow you know, look at me, I'm doing all this terrible stuff. In mindfulness practice, this sacred pause, just to be aware, functions as a pause, as a ceasefire of the, these arrows that we can throw at ourselves. And so sooner or later, the idea is just kind of open and let things be, not because we're condoning anything, but because we're letting them be so we don't add more arrows. So I give this teaching in particular because we're doing emotions today. And emotions can be quite difficult. And many people will bring to their emotional life all kinds of judgments, all kinds of reactions to it, all kinds of resistance or um, ideas or things that are a little bit or very much so in the domain of these extra arrows that makes it actually harder than it originally is. Some emotions are hard enough as they are, but to add the arrows makes them more and more difficult. So to learn to be mindful of emotions is, a, is to learn how to keep the emotions uh, simple. Just allow the emotion to be there and, and respect it, look at it again, make space for it, for something that might uh, unfold. So... Uh, to start this process of looking at the mindfulness of emotions, I'd like to ask you to uh, just, uh, as you are, no special change of posture, uh, whatever posture you're in, to close your eyes. And, um, and then if you could um, just check in with yourself as you are and notice what emotion is predominant in you. How are you feeling? And anything, any way you're feeling is allowed for this exercise. And it might be very subtle. Maybe you're subtly impatient, suddenly content.
maybe it's quite strong what you're feeling inside. Whatever you're feeling, in the mood that you have, the emotional state, the mind state that seems to be present, take a moment to really recognize, oh, this is what's happening. This is what I'm feeling. If it's obvious to use a mental note, sad, happy, irritated, delighted, just you make the mental note, just to acknowledge it, to really recognize what is happening. And then, having recognized how you're feeling, now do what I taught you, I think the first day, do the three breath journey. Just allow yourself to breathe the way you are, but count your breaths to three. And just really kind of in the middle of how you're feeling, just tune into your breaths and breathe three breaths in a clear, connected way. And then you can open your eyes. So of course I can't know what everyone's experience is of doing this little exercise. But uh, one of the possibilities that uh, maybe teaches a little bit of something is that um, uh, some people, when they take time to see how they're feeling, for some people it's the first time they've checked in and they notice what's happening. They didn't really know clearly what they were feeling until they stopped to look. And that can be useful to know. For some people, they might, you might have already known what you feel, but to clearly acknowledge it, to recognize it, um, maybe something different happens. There's more space for it or more clarity. Sometimes the very acknowledgement of something um, reduces its uh, hold it has on us. Some of the ways in which we're maybe struggling with it or it's struggling with us or something. And, so, and then kind of allows it to be there. And then allowing it to be there, but not giving it any real attention, but not ignoring it either, by taking three breaths in the middle of it. Kind of, for some people then will remove some of the ways in which they're entangled with it or fueling it or reacting or judging or concerned with it. That there makes more space for the emotion to be there but we're kind of like getting even more out of the way to allow it to settle or to open up or something like that. Um, it, there's a tendency for afflictive emotions, those emotions which are painful, to begin to uh, uh, unwind themselves and settle if we're not feeding them, if we're not uh, holding them or involved with them. There's a tendency for the beneficial emotions, the ones that can you know, really come from a deeper place inside and the afflictive emotions, that as we hold them and see them in awareness, they tend to uh, be onward leading to a little bit better states. They can get stronger, there's more space for them. 
And this principle that bringing open awareness, clear mindfulness and recognizing what's there does have an effect on our emotional life. Um, Not because we're doing it and wanting it and expecting it, but because we're shifting where the fuel of our mind is going. And the fuel of mind, if it's going towards afflictive emotions, it's so easy to reinforce them and strengthen it, and then those get stronger. But if the fuel of attention goes to noticing what's beneficial, then um, those tend to grow and develop. So, um, <clears throat> so let's do a now a, maybe a fifteen twenty minute emo- uh, meditation, and I'll do some guidance for you. And at some point, we'll do a little expira- exploration of mindfulness of emotions a bit further. So, if you could um, take a posture that brings you makes you somewhat comfortable for meditation, but also gives you some sense of alertness. So that combination, that balance between being comfortable, relaxed, and alert is what we're looking for in the meditation posture. And for some people, that's to sit a little bit straighter than they normally would. Just so the spine maybe almost is a little more energized or alert in itself. And then to softly close your eyes. And to have a little process or ritual to help you arrive, help you really connect to yourself here and now. It can be helpful to take a few long, slow, deep breaths in a relaxed way, but to really Take a deeper breath so that you feel the connection to your rib cage, your torso, as you breathe in to feel the stretching and expanding. And then as you exhale, feel the settling, the coming back, the contracting, and settle down. And especially as you exhale, if you can do it in a relaxed way, maybe linger a little bit longer with the exhale than you normally would. Kind of ride it out. So you're kind of settling, relaxing with the end of the out-breath. And then letting the breathing return to normal. And also to help us kind of arrive and be here in a little bit fuller way, it can be helpful to roam around your body to notice where in your body you can relax muscles. It might be possible to soften the muscles of the face to relax the eyes maybe the eyes can rest in their sockets 
Some people do mindfulness by trying to see, with, even with their eyes closed, they're actively engaging their eyes. Just to let the eyes be soft, resting. It might be possible to relax and soften the shoulders And from the shoulders to relax all the way down the arms until you even soften the hands. Might be possible to soften the chest Maybe as you exhale, softening around the heart. And softening the belly. Perhaps you can allow your belly to hang forward and hang down a bit. Releasing the any sense of pulling the belly in. And then becoming aware of your breathing. Breathing in a normal way. And allow yourself for a few minutes to notice the body's experience of breathing. So in a sense you are Maybe experiencing breathing from the inside of the body. Sometimes when we are watching or knowing something from the mind and the head, we might even almost be outside of the experience. But to let go into the experience of breathing in let go into the experience of breathing out.
If your mind wanders off in thought and you notice that, make a small mental note, a gentle, quiet note, thinking. Take your time, sacred pause, to recognize that you're thinking. No need to see it as a problem. No need to jerk your mind away and jerk back to the breathing. If you notice your thinking, acknowledge that that's happening. And once it's acknowledged in a calm way, begin again with your breathing. In wherever part of the body you're experiencing breathing, let yourself feel the sensations of that part more fully. See if you can gently sense or feel the various sensations that come into play. wherever you're experiencing breathing, maybe in the belly, maybe in the chest, maybe in the nostrils, air going in and out. As you exhale, gently see if you can relax with the exhale. Let go with the letting go of breathing out. Letting go into 
the experience of body breathing. And then look around inside and notice how you're feeling right now. Even if it's subtle, what is the basic mood, emotional state, mind state that you have? And is that mind state or mood or feeling you have, is it more on the pleasant side of things or is it more on the unpleasant? And regardless of it's pleasant or unpleasant, allow it to be that way. See if you can experiment with an awareness that perceives but doesn't add second arrows, doesn't get involved or entangled, doesn't judge. Just to be aware of what's there. It's possible your mood or emotional state is quite subtle, or maybe it's something you don't normally think of as an emotion. It might be that you're a little bit more calm than usual, or settled. Or it might be that you're a little anxious about what's happening but anxiety is just part of the furniture. It's part of the wallpaper. It just doesn't occur to you to notice it because it's just part and parcel of your experience all the time. Or maybe even there's a feeling of clarity or a feeling of dullness. There might be tiredness or feelings of being energized. So as you're noticing how you're feeling emotionally, mind states, mood, if you have an obvious word to describe it, a single word and sad, happy, tired, energized, 
agitated, calm, confident, anxious. See if you can name it, note it quietly a few times. And as you do the mental note, see if you can allow that noting as a way of stepping back, taking a sacred pause to respect it, to see it more clearly, to make space for it, to allow it to be while you recognize that it's there. And if your mood or emotional state shifts, notice how it shifts. Maybe it gets stronger, maybe it gets weaker. Maybe it transforms into something else. Maybe it disappears. And if it disappears, see what's replaced it. And then if you're able to, see if you can notice where your emotional state, your mood, how you're feeling, where is it, does it most manifest in the body? Where do you feel it the most? Physically, what part of your body is energized by the mood, the emotional state you have? might be anywhere. It could be in the belly, in the chest, in the face, the shoulders. It could be in the arms, the hands, the legs, the feet. If you're able to feel the physical side of the emotions that you're having. Bring your attention to that part of your body and do mindfulness of the body there, like we talked about yesterday. Bring your attention to that part of your body and just feel the sensations there, allowing them to be there giving complete permission to the body to have those sensations 
that are associated with the emotion. Make room for them. Allow them to do what they want to do. Your job is just to know them, to be aware of them. And to notice what happens to your emotion if you allow yourself to focus on how it feels physically with a relaxed awareness, just to make space. It's a way to respect the emotion. And then for the last few minutes of this sitting, return to your breathing. Perhaps imagining that the breathing is a gentle wind or a gentle wave that comes and goes, that washes through your whole body, that gently massages whatever you're feeling right now. That the whole experience of breathing is like a little tender wave of caring for you and caring for what you have, whatever is going on breathing through and with what's happening as the breath travels through the body. And then to end this sitting, you can take some deeper breaths to feel yourself here, to connect to yourself. Perhaps feeling your cushion, your chair, 
And as I ring this bell <clears throat> three times, before you open your eyes, let yourself do listening meditation. Just hear the sound with your whole body. So perhaps some of you got some sense of a different way of being present for your emotions than you maybe normally do. And um, certainly to be aware of it maybe with, in a sense, more permission for the emotions to be there, but without being involved with them, without being for and against them, just being aware of them. It can help to recognize them clearly. Sometimes the emotions need to be acknowledged. And something different happens if we fully acknowledge an emotion, maybe by naming it. And, um, and uh, <clears throat> also, it's possible then to also feel the emotions in the body. And this is why I like to teach mindfulness of the body before doing emotions, because part of what an emotion is, is something that's energized or engaged, that sensations that come alive in some part of the body associated with that emotion. So with that, saying that, I want to say that emotions, this category, this thing we call emotions in English, we have a singular noun for emotions that covers a lot of different feelings that people have. And it might give the impression that an emotion is a singular thing. But uh, the emotions that we have are composites. They're actually coming together of different parts of our psychophysical being to operate together. So, and it's possible to, if we treat emotions as one big thing, then it's hard to kind of really respect it fully, to really see what it really is and and to allow it to kind of, it's, it's time and place to unfold. And so, as a composite, emotions involved body sensations. If you're attentive enough, you'll discover that pretty much every emotion that we have has some kind of corollary sensations in the body where it gets expressed. Sometimes fear is felt in the belly or in the chest. Anger can be a flame in the belly. There might be contraction and tension around some emotions that we have. Um, there might be strong desire and we can feel the leaning forward and, you know, ready to grab something. Um, there might be sadness and a feeling of heavy weight and sinking feeling and that might come along with the sadness. Um, there might be grief and a sense of, um, of tremendous sense of vulnerability perhaps, tenderness, vulnerability. In some part of the of the body, it could be in, in the chin, uh, or it could be you know about to cry, and you feel the chin vibrating, or so all kinds of places these things live in the body. 
And um, so that's one thing, part of an emotion. It's uh, physical, the physical side of it. There's also uh, the, the story part of it. The story, the ideas, what we tell ourselves, what we're telling ourselves around it. And sometimes the stories we're telling and repeating are the very things that are fueling the emotion. If someone has uh, hurt us and we have resentment, and we keep repeating the story of how we've been mistreated and how terrible that person is, and, and you know, we're kind of like we're telling ourselves a picture, a story, which is where we're going to react to again and again. We're going to get re-angered, re-irritated over and over again. And, you know, it, it's maybe appropriate enough sometimes to review and think about what happened, but to do it, ruminate around it and do it over and over again, uh, do we really want to have the, to experience the impact, the second, third arrow, the how we kind of debilitating it is to keep telling us and repeating and reviewing a story that keeps us kind of caught in a certain kind of emotional state. The, um, 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 and so like a grief is one. Grief, many, you know, grief is part of human life and it's can be quite sad, the stories, the events that bring on grief. But there's, you know, there's uh, one way of grieving that we keep living in the stories and the ideas and the predictions of the future and and um, reviewing everything and that really in feeling maybe self-pity or feeling sorry for ourselves. There's all these ways in which we kind of are weighed down by it. There's a way of respecting grief allowing grief to be there, realizing it's a human phenomena, but not to add second arrows, not to um, add the stories and beliefs. So part of the ideas and thoughts of beliefs also have to do, uh, around emotions, also have to do with beliefs we have about them that, you know, make it more complicated to have the emotion. Some of them actually, some of the beliefs actually are the trigger for the emotion. There's also what we want that's part of the emotional life. A good part of emotions, uh, uh, they have a motivational side, something that we're trying to do or something we want. So fear, we want to be safe. Anger, we want maybe want to strike out. Um, grief, we want to, something wants to move through us and express uh, the sadness we have, the tears that want to come. What is it that wants to be expressed? What wants to be motivated? What, what's the desire that's part of the emotion? And um, and then there's something that uh, is more the emotional mood, the mental mood that's associated with the emotion. So these are all component parts that we can kind of, if we're not just looking at emotion as a singular thing, we can start feeling these different parts. And the emphasis for today is to, um, when you have uh, an emotion, is to start becoming familiar with what it feels like from the point of view of the body. What happens in your body as you feel the emotion? Where does the mo- emotion most live in your body? Where are the, uh, what's vitalized, what's energized in your body with the sensations and the mus- what happens to the muscles in the body as this emotion appears? And there's two primary reasons that are use- very useful to uh, check in with the body, feel it in the body. One is that uh, the body sensations around emotions are not part of the story. They're always in the present moment. They're present moment phenomena. 
And by grounding ourselves and connecting to the physical body part of the emotion, uh, we're respecting the emotion, we are attending to it, but we're not reinforcing the rumination. We're not going on and on and thinking and thinking and thinking over and over again, getting swept up in the story. And this idea of learning how to step away from the story, that we re- if we're repeating it way too often, and, and uh, grounding ourselves in the body, starts giving space, room, for the emotion to unfold the way it needs to unfold. If we can get out of the way of emotional life and let, allow ourselves to feel it and make room for it, our emotional life generally need, knows what needs to unfold, sometimes much better than we know ourselves. And so then that opens the second advantages of mindfulness of the body when we have emotions, is that there's something about feeling the emotion physically in an embodied way that allows the unfolding, the movement of the emotion to move a little more freely. It's almost like by feeling it in the body, in the chest, the belly, in the face, wherever it might be, that we're making room for those sensations to move and to change. And so as those have a chance to unfold, to move, to change, that is synonymous with allowing the emotion to resolve, to unfold, to dissolve, to do all kinds of things. And um, I'll talk more about emotions tomorrow and how to practice with them there and include them as part of meditation. But for now, I want to emphasize just that for the next you know, 24 hours, uh, as you have emotions going through your day, that you might want to... Um, uh, Drop back, in, make it really simple. Drop back into your body and see what's happening in your body as you're having those emotions. What do you learn by studying the physical embodied side of the emotion? What happens if you give yourself the sacred pause, the respect to really feel, make room to feel it in your body? And not just race along to the next thought or the next story or the ac- next activity, but really to feel it there. What difference does it make to feel it in your body? And then if you have some extra time in your daily life, is after you've felt the experience in your body, you might do uh, the three-breath journey um, and see if you just kind of, once you've acknowledged how it is, if you just give yourself over to three breaths, and after those three breaths, then do that uh, mindfulness exercise again of noticing how you're feeling. What's shifted and changed in what's happening in the body? What's shifted and changed with the emotions you have? And then uh, hopefully you'll continue to sit, uh, do one 20-minute meditation between now and the next time we meet. And, um, and uh, perhaps uh, the center of gravity for your meditation can be breathing. And, um, but if uh, some strong emotion arises that's more compelling than the breathing, then you can let go of the breathing and then do mindfulness of the emotion. Maybe do it the way we've done it today so far. Uh, Notice what it is, name it, acknowledge it, and maybe feel it in your body. And if it's no longer compelling or you feel ready to go back to your breathing, then go back to your breathing. If it's body sensation that becomes compelling, like we talked about yesterday, then you can again leave your breathing and do mindfulness of the body sensations until it's no longer compelling or you feel ready to go back to your breathing and then go back to your breathing. So we're slowly expanding 
the range of things that are included in this sacred pause of mindfulness. And, um, and today we're kind of venturing into the area of emotions. And uh, I'll talk more about it tomorrow. And um, so then we'll end with uh, another very short meditation. So if you again, once again, if you'd be willing to close your eyes, part of the reason for closing the eyes is so that you can feel your insides a little bit better rather than concerned with what you're looking at. And there is a particular way that in Buddhist meditation we work with emotions, kind of a meditation with emotions that has to do with the emotions related to goodwill, to being friendly or kind. And you might sit here for just a minute or so and, and have use some thoughts. Now you can use thoughts to tell yourself uh, wishes of goodwill towards yourself. Think about how you would like to care for yourself and care for yourself, what you wish for yourself, and offer, you some, offer yourself some positive wishes. Something like, may I be happy. May I be calm and peaceful. May I be safe. May I be happy. And if you can offer those good wishes to yourself from some place inside that you know, you really mean it. You really, this would be nice if this could happen. Then perhaps you can also receive it well, that it's nice that you care for yourself, especially if life is difficult. Some people will begin every session of mindfulness meditation with 30 seconds, one minute of offering themselves these kind of good feelings, good intentions, good wishes. Some people will end their sittings for 30 seconds or a minute with that. <clears throat> so thank you for participating in this and thank you for your interest and your engagement and I hope that uh, you'll put this mindfulness to practice for the next few days next day and um, hopefully what I'm if you practice a little bit what I've taught today then um, that'll be a foundation for the further discussion about mindfulness of emotions tomorrow so thank you very much <coughs>